Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, Jimmy G is ranked where? According to Pro Football Focus, we'll talk about that. We got your news and notes, calls and texts, all coming up on Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for May 25th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. And if you're checking us out on YouTube, again, big ups to my man Ari. He does a great job each and every day getting us up on YouTube, making sure we're looking good. You can follow him on Twitter at Ari Produces. You can always follow me on Twitter at your boy Q254, or you can chime in on the show if you want to have a comment and get it in on the show at your boy Q254. And of course, the Lockdown Raider Podcast voice mail line is 707-654-4693. Your calls and texts will come up in segment number three. We'll talk about Jimmy G and where Pro Football Focus has them ranked coming up in segment number two. We'll give you news and notes here in segment number one. And just a side note, I'm just kidding when I say that Ari is getting mad at me for the show going long. He really isn't. I just like to blame him. <laughs> he's he's the guy that I like to blame because, well, if I blame someone else, it's actually somebody that is, you know, a lot of higher above me and can really get me in trouble. So why not just put the blame on Ari? So <laughs> we make sure we do that. So really, uh, he's not getting on me about the time. I just, like I said, I give him a bad time. He always tells me, Q, you're going to get these people thinking that that I really do get mad at you about the time. And he doesn't. He just, he, like I said, he, he does a great job each and every day. So we definitely appreciate him. But let's go ahead and get into the news and notes here in segment number one. And off top, today is the day that we get to be out at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ for OTAs. OTAs have been going on this week, but today is the first day that we'll have an opportunity to be out there. And uh, the head coach, Josh McDaniels, will speak with us at 9 o'clock this morning, Pacific time. And I do expect to hear some interesting storylines or a couple of interesting storylines coming up from the media session. Again, that'll be at 9 a.m. Uh, of course, we'll stream that live on Raider Nation Radio 920, so if you want to check that out, you can. Uh, of course, uh, on Friday's podcast, I'll I'll bring you some good news and notes, maybe some little nuggets that came out of the, the media session with head coach Josh McDaniels, but that is coming up at 9 o'clock. Then practice will be from approximately 10 a.m. to about 12.15. Not sure if we'll be able to observe the whole practice or just a little bit of it, but we'll have an opportunity to see something. They'll have at least a window at the very least, so there should be some you know videos or some pictures that I tweet out at your boy Q254 of what's going on at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Of course, they're not popping pads or anything like that. But again, it's, it's cool to get an early glimpse of the 91 guys that are currently on the Raiders roster and the ones that will be out there. Not all 91 are, are going to be out there because uh, it is voluntary. But again, just to be able to see, especially some of the young guys, just kind of what they look like. Maybe see if Tyree Wilson is actually participating or if he's just resting that foot. That's going to be something that I definitely pay attention to. Uh, kind of want to see these rookies up close and personal. We haven't really got too much of a glimpse of them. Of course, some of the new guys as well that the Raiders to sign in free agency. So 10 to 12, 15, that'll be the practice window. And then apparently from about one to two o'clock Pacific time will be a player availability. And I don't know what players will be made available. It won't be locker room action. We don't get locker room action until what the end of training camp or actually not even at the end of training camp. It's, it's after training camp. It's once the 53 man roster is set. That's when we get, uh, we get locker room access. So uh, what it'll be is just be the, the podium session. So we'll be inside the, the media room and they'll bring, you know, two or three players. I don't know who it'll be. I know a lot 
lot of folks are hoping it's Devontae Adams because he can uh, clear up what happened with the, the interview that was on The Ringer uh, with Mirren Fader. And obviously you heard that interview here. If you heard it on the Lockdown Raiders podcast, I brought it to the table. The author of that piece that was in The Ringer about Devontae Adams. And uh, there's a lot of misconceptions going on out there about Devontae. And I've actually heard, and I don't know if this is true, but I've heard Devontae Adams wants to actually speak today and uh, be able to kind of clear up everything and let it be known that, again, there's a lot of misconceptions. There's a lot of uh, misinformation going on out there. He's not looking for a trade. He's not unhappy with the silver and black. So there's a good chance that he talks if he gets his way. Again, that's what I heard is that he wants to speak with the media, but I don't know what players they'll make available, but we will get some players between one and two o'clock. And uh, if anything good comes from that, of course, I'll bring that to the table as well. Uh, also, on uh, on Wednesday, uh, I had an opportunity to talk to former Raider safety Van McElroy, and you're probably like, why, well, why did you talk to him? Well, on Wednesday, it was the one year to the date of the tragedy that happened in Uvalde, Texas, uh, where 21 people lost their lives, 19 fourth graders and two teachers, and so it was a senseless tragedy. Uh, unfortunately, in our country, we're becoming too numb to school shootings and mass shootings, and it's like you see it come up on the news, and you're like, yep, it happened. Or it happens in your community, and you're like, yep, it happened. We're all becoming very, very numb to those situations, and that's scary, right? I mean, again, I've said it so many times on this show, and I've said it so many times on the radio that you never want to drop your kids off at school and feel like they might not come home. But obviously, uh, a year ago in Uvalde, Texas, that's what a lot of parents did. They dropped off their kids. They dropped off 21, well, 19 kids, the fourth graders. They dropped them off at school, and they never saw them again. And also, two teachers lost their lives as well. Well, Van McElroy is a, is a native of Uvalde, Texas, and he's been really working hard to try to make those schools as safe as possible. And Raiders owner Mark Davis really stepped up to the plate and gave a million-dollar donation immediately. Van McElroy went to Mark and said, hey, we need to make these schools secure. We're going to get this these fence program. We're going to get these cameras. We're going to get this, that, and the other to make these schools here in Uvalde as, as safe as possible. Nothing's going to be 100% foolproof, but they're at least doing, doing as much as they can to try to give peace of mind to the people there that something like that won't happen again. So uh, a year later... What is the latest update? How is the community uh, healing? That's why I had Raider Safety, former Raider Safety, Van McElroy on my radio show on, uh, on Wednesday to talk about it. And here was the update from the member of the Soul Patrol, the member that has a Super Bowl ring. Again, Van McElroy, great Raider, always a good dude to have on the radio show. But here was the update from Van on Wednesday on Raider Nation Radio 920. The, the Raiders came in, wrote a million-dollar check, and – that check has been used, spent, and all the fencing is up, uh, all the cameras, the doors, all of those things that were committed to be done to make these schools. And, and when I say safe, that, that's, you know, someone can fly a plane over and, you know, parachute or mm-hmm. get something and cut a hole in the metal fence. I mean, there's, we, can, we can go all over the place with this thing. Bottom line is it's, they are very safe. Now, that has been done. A lot of times those things are committed to, and you go and you look, and nothing's being done. This has been done, and it's been done for a while. So that part is, is it, you know, that standing. And That's awesome. The, the other part is just under, you know, trying to understand uh, and feel for the families that are still going through this. I mean, mm-hmm. it's never going to end for them. It's, it's something that they see every day because they don't see their child every day or, or a grandchild. And, so that part of it is, is still ongoing, and, and it will continue to be that way. Uh, the community, I think, I think has come together. I think uh, there are parts of it that always come in and 
the political side of it uh, that, that maybe are trying to take advantage of a situation that may be going on a little bit today and, and what have you. And, and that's a very difficult part of it. And, um, you know, it's, I, I guess sometimes it's necessary. I don't know. I'm not going to get into it. Right. We do necessarily hear, but, but that part of it certainly is here. Uh, the, the legal side of it uh, is, is, is a part that's very difficult and complicated, and, and certainly that part uh, has taken its place, and, and, and they're working through that part of it. Uh, but, but what I can say about going forward with the children, uh, they're in a safe place now. So that part is good. That is fantastic. It really is. It's good to know because, like you said, a lot of times money is committed to a certain project, and you never really see that project go all the way through. So to know that at least steps are being made to keep our children safe in the community, safe as possible, that is really good. And, and Van, and again, we're talking with Van McElroy, former Raider Safety here on Raider Nation Radio 920. How important is it for the community, though, to stay together? Like you said, Families will never get their kids back. They're always going to have that void, right? We all have faced some kind of tragedy and realized that that goes on. But how important is it for that community to stay together and, and hug on each other and love on each other so they can continue to try to heal? That is the only part of this that will get it. I, in, in my you know, thought process, it's the only part that can get any community through is, is the community staying close and coming together and, and making sure that, that we're looking out uh, for one another. Uh, that part is uh, is terribly important, and it is powerful. And trying to keep uh, those from the outside coming in to create problems, uh, that also, it's a very important part of it. And, and I think we've done a fairly good job of, of keeping that where it needs to be. Uh, and I think the, the other side of this, you know, just understand that there's, it's complicated. Right. And, you know, I do think that, you know, the legal side that, that is there and needs to be there and, and, and what have you, uh, that's an ongoing process. But as far as community coming together and I think uh, working together to build a safer community, I do think that has been a big part of it. Like I said before, you know, that when when Mark Davis came in here and, and, and wrote the check and did it quickly, I mean, what was interesting about it is that it really forced the hand of a lot of people in, in the state of Texas. You know, the end of the all of a sudden you had the, the Cowboys, the Oilers, you know, you had uh, 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 HEB and, and just different ones uh, coming in to, to, you know, we're in Texas. We actually make a living here in that community and people watch us, you know, locally. So they ended up coming in and, and putting in some money too. So I, that, that initial check that Mark Davis wrote and the Raiders, uh, uh, put in this community, not only was the money, and I know this because I went <laughs> and I visited uh, the school several times to make sure that our superintendent, who's a good friend of mine, uh, was spending the money in the right way. And, and he's a good man, and I, I knew he would. But And I took a bunch of pictures. I sent them to, to Mark and let him see the fencing and, and the cameras and the doors and what have you to make sure everyone knew that the money had been spent well and right. So that part of it really did did more than simply make the school safe. It forced the hand of a lot of people. So that was really a, 
to me, just a great achievement for the organization. So what I love about that update the most is, well, there's multiple things there. Van McElroy is talking about uh, the fact that not only did Mark Davis give that million-dollar check, but that all of a sudden pushed the issue. The Cowboys decided that they were going to donate money to help out. Uh, also, and he said the Houston Oilers, he was talking about the Houston Texans, uh, they donated money. HEB, which is the, the big grocery chain uh, there in the state of Texas, they also donated money. As he said, they're making money in in the state of Texas, and they have this organization in the Raiders and Mark Davis, who is outside of the community, donating a million dollars to try to keep their community safe. So that kind of forced the issue, which I think is great. And also the money that was put to securing the schools actually went to securing the schools, right? How many times does something like that happen where a lot of money is donated and you think it's going to go to one cause and then it eventually doesn't go to that cause? Well, to know that the work that they set out to do has already been done. And so we had a really good conversation on Wednesday with Van. It was about 21 minutes. I wanted to bring it to the podcast. I really did. Uh, but I just knew that it was going to be so long. I wasn't going to have a chance to get to uh, calls and texts. Plus, I had a lot that I wanted to talk to as well. Uh, but you could always check out that interview. It's on lvsportsnetwork.com. Uh, that's the website for the radio station. Just look under Unnecessary Roughness or wherever you get your podcast. Wherever you get this podcast from, you could check out Unnecessary Roughness podcast and go to hour number two. It was about Three, almost 3.30 on Wednesday afternoon Pacific time when we talked to former Raider safety Van McElroy. And it was all things uh, Uvalde and what was going on with that community. I thought it was a really good conversation. So I definitely encourage you to check it out if you didn't get to hear the whole thing. But that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, where in the world is Jimmy Garoppolo rated? Where is he ranked according to Pro Football Focus? And we'll tell you about it, and we'll do it after I tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is FanDuel. And as we know, the Denver Nuggets, they're in the finals. They've already punched their ticket after sweeping the L.A. Lakers. The Miami Heat, they have a little bit more work to do. I think they get that series wrapped up this evening as they take on the Boston Celtics in Game 5. They're heading back to Boston. But whatever the case may be, right now is the best time to make a run to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. New customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win and you can bet on anything player prop bets you can have same game parlays you could do all kind of different options you know they have the over unders the totals they have uh you know a quarter by quarter uh half by half again plenty of different options for you to place your money and win your money and again no better place to bet all playoff season long than america's number one sportsbook which is fanduel go to fanduel.com slash locked on get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars again that's fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel the official sports betting partner of the nba Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to jump into the conversation about Jimmy G and where pro football focus has him ranked. And now, again, it's, you know, May 25th. It's that time of year where things start to slow down. You start to see these rankings come out. You start to see projections come out. You start to see all these analytical lists come out. And so, I mean, take it for what it's worth, but pro football focus, I know a lot of people, that's their go-to. They love pro football focus. I always say it's not the end-all, be-all, but I do like to judge and see what they're talking about, especially a guy like Sam Monson, who's been working for Pro Football Focus for a very long time. He put out a piece that ranked all 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. And on Wednesday's show, I talked about three different areas of the Raiders. I want to say three different people, but it really wasn't. Three, I, I had three different categories of folks that needed to step up 
2023 to give the Raiders a chance of success. And the first one I said was quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. And I said, you know, he's got to play 13 or 14 games, right? I mean, ideally, your starting quarterback is going to play every game of the season. He's not going to get injured. But we know that Jimmy G has only done that once in his career. And again, hate to harp on it and hate to talk about it all the time, but that's facts. That's the reality of who Jimmy G is. So he's only made it through the whole season one time, and that was back in 2019. So I said that the Raiders need to get at least 13 or 14 games out of Jimmy G in, uh, in, in 2023 to have a, a chance. My man DeMond on my radio show on Wednesday said, no, he, it needs to be more like 15 or 16, right? I mean, you really, you really can't say, well, the starting quarterback could take a couple games off and you'll still be okay. And he's probably right. But I was just trying to, you know, err on the side of caution and not, not ask for too much. So I said around 13 or 14. Well, it's crazy when I read this piece from Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus when he ranked all the quarterbacks, all the 32 starting quarterbacks in the league, and where he had Jimmy G, Raider Nation, he has them ranked 24th, meaning there's only eight quarterbacks he has ranked worse than Jimmy G in the NFL. I mean, to me, that's not even a starting quarterback. And look, anyone knows I'm not going to sit here and pound the table and cut and say that Jimmy G is the best guy and he's my favorite quarterback and he's the guy that I wanted to be the starting quarterback for the Raiders. That would all be false. So I'm not going to do that. We all know I've had reservations on Jimmy G. Most of it has to do with health. I think he has ability. As long as he's on the field, he's going to get the ball to Devontae, Hunter, Jacoby, Josh Jacobs. I mean, he knows what to do with it. Michael Mayer, he's going to be able to get the ball to him. But to see him rank 24th, kind of blew my mind but here was Sam Monson's reasoning it wasn't like he just threw something against the wall and tried to get it to stick he said for his injury history alone Garoppolo is likely capped at this kind of level in the rankings he was outperformed by Purdy last season in the same offense and now goes to a new offensive system albeit one he's familiar with from his stint in New England the Raiders have a good collection of receivers to throw to but Garoppolo has a 3.6 percent career turnover worthy play rate significantly higher than his big-time throw rate, 2.9%. Even if he stays healthy all season, he's likely a below-average starter. I maybe should not be surprised by that, but I'm not going to lie. I'm surprised by that, right? I'm surprised that that was where he had Jimmy G ranked, 24th. I mean, literally, there's eight quarterbacks behind him. And you're looking, you're talking about guys like this, Bryce Young, rookie, Jordan Love, never had a start or not, never had, you know, this is the first year he's going to be starting now that Aaron Rodgers in New York. Sam Howell with the Commanders, they say that they believe in him. I don't. Baker Mayfield, we've seen how many teams he's been washed out from. Colt McCoy, career backup. C.J. Stroud, rookie. Desmond Ritter, never had a season where he was a full-time starter. Anthony Richardson, a, rich, a rookie. Those are the guys that are behind Jimmy G on this ranking. That, to me, kind of blows my mind, right? I feel like he should be ranked higher than that. He should be a better quarterback than those guys, right? And look, Jordan Love might end up being the end-all, be-all, but we just haven't seen it. This is the first chance he's actually got an opportunity to shine. Sam Howell, like I said, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. But these other guys, it's like, what have they done, if anything, and most of them nothing, to get that kind of ranking? So Jimmy G, really, to me, is getting a, a, a very raw deal. You know, at 24, I, I just I think that he's got to be, I would say, a little bit higher I mean, what does everybody say about him? Hey, well, he's a winner. Hell, he does really well in the red zone. He's done this, that, and the other. He's a hell of a leader. Like, I mean, that alone, I would think, would make him higher than 24. So how about the other AFC West quarterbacks, right? Patrick Mahomes, he was ranked number one. I don't think that's a big surprise. Justin Herbert was ranked number four. Russell Wilson ranked 20th. And Russell Wilson had a terrible year last year, right? And maybe Sean Payton's going to get him right, uh, but he's ranked 20th. So at least he's only a couple away from Jimmy G. It's not like he's blowing him out of the water. 
But it just seems like that's really low to me. And I, I look, I could be wrong. And again, this is the pro football focus side of things. So a lot of it has to do with the analytics. You know, when Sam Monson said that he was beat out by Brock Purdy, uh, he, he was beat out by Brock Purdy because what? Injury. A lot of it had to do with injury, right? He, he hurt his foot. He jacked his foot up. So uh, again, and I don't want to make an excuse because availability is the key. Right, Your best ability is availability, and that's been my big red flag when it comes to Jimmy G is his availability. So I get that part of it, but I still think he's a – I don't I feel like he's better than 24th, right? I mean, man, and, and, and look, this is the case. If he's only going to be the 24th-ranked quarterback in the league, then that defense is really going to have to step up. That running game is really going to have to step up. Josh McDaniels is really going to have to press the right buttons, right? I mean, because the 24th-ranked quarterback – is not going to win you a bunch of games. He might put you in a position where he's not going to just single-handedly lose you games, but if he's ranked 24th and that's legitimately where he's ranked in the league, he's not going to win you a bunch of games. You're going to have to win games other ways. You're going to have to find ways. The defense is going to have to come up with turnovers and actually score, right? The running game, Josh Jacobs is going to have to damn near lead the league in rushing again, right? I mean, there's, there's going to, a lot of things are going to have to go right if the team is going to be worth the salt and Jimmy G is going to rank, be ranked 24th. So, how about some other notable quarterbacks? Where are they ranked? Well, of course, you're going to say, well, Q, where did D.C. rank? You know, the Raiders' former quarterback, who's now with the New Orleans Saints. Derek Carr, ranked 14th. I feel like that's about right. That's kind of who he is, and that's who he's always been. Right behind him at number 15, Geno Smith of the Seahawks. Like, he's only done it one year. Geno Smith has only done it one year, last year in Seattle. And so, yeah, he might all of a sudden have found the secret potion. Maybe it was Seattle. He just needed an opportunity. Now he's going to be the guy. But he's only done it once. Same with the 17th-ranked guy, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, I know he just got a contract extension, but he's literally done it once. He was the guy that they were about to run out of New York if it wasn't for Brian Dayball who threw him a, a, a life preserver, right? I mean, he, they had thrown him over the Hudson River. The Hudson River's out there, right? <laughs> I think he, they threw him over the bridge into that water. I think it's the Hudson River. But he, you know what I mean? And, 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 and Brian Dayball threw him that life preserver. And Saquon Barkley was healthy. And so all of a sudden he had a decent season. But he wasn't fantastic. I'm actually surprised that the Giants paid him the money that they did. So he's 17th. How about Justin Fields ranked 18th? What did Justin Fields do last year to to be ranked 18th besides run really well? I'll wait. (laughs) Right? I mean, that's what he did. Now, I know that they they brought some weapons in. Uh, They got DJ Moore in that trade with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, They went in the draft and got some weapons. And so maybe he's going to have an opportunity. Maybe he won't have to run for his life. Maybe the offensive line will be a little bit better. They addressed that in the draft. But Justin Fields is a guy that, you know, before the draft even happened, people were talking about, well, maybe the maybe the Bears are going to trade Justin Fields. Maybe they're not happy with him. And all of a sudden, he's ranked 18th? Well, okay, so, so, so but maybe he's got some upside. How about this guy, ranked 19th, right behind Justin Fields? Ryan Tannehill? Ryan Tannehill? 19th? I don't know, man. <laughs> I've always felt like Ryan Tannehill's so overrated. So overrated. Like, I could easily slide Jimmy G into that 19th spot. You know what I mean? Like, you're telling me that Jimmy G can't get ahead of Ryan Tannehill or Justin Fields? He couldn't be around 18 or 19. And again, I'm not, you know, I'm not being and moaning about, about the, the thing. I just, I'm really actually surprised and shocked. Because I felt like, you know, I felt like Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Jimmy G. Like, let's make no mistake about it. I've said that from the minute that the conversation was even out there that he might be the Raiders quarterback. But I don't think he's 10 spots better than Jimmy G. Right? Mac Jones, 21. Eh, okay. Can he pick it? Can he pick it? What did he do his rookie year? Not a whole hell of a lot, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, he beat the Raiders on Christmas Eve in the freezing cold, but Kenny Pickett didn't do a whole lot. So he's ranked 22nd. 
couple spots ahead of Jimmy G. I don't know. That's that again. It's it's pretty surprising to me. But uh, again, it's a pro football focus. Everything is analytical. It's all you know a math problem. I'm working on getting Sam Monson on the show. I'd like to really talk to him and and get a further you know breakdown, a better explanation from him. So hopefully I'm able to pull that off. If so, great. You know you'll hear from the man himself on on the explanation. And that's the thing about it. I don't mind if you you know say something or put out a ranking that I don't agree with. Just give me the reason why. And if you come with the reason why, okay, maybe, maybe that makes sense. Look, I'm not a math genius. I'm not the math wizard. I don't work for Pro Football Focus, so maybe he's seeing something that I'm not. But 24th for Jimmy G, to me, was really, really surprising. Again, the guys behind Jimmy G, and we'll wrap this up here in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Rookie Bryce Young, Jordan Love for the Packers at 26, first-year starter. Uh, Sam Howell, Washington Commanders, first-year starter. Baker Mayfield, he's been all over the place, from Cleveland to uh, Carolina to the Rams, now to Tampa Bay. He's at 28. Colt McCoy has been a career backup since he's gotten into the league. His best game was the game he got knocked out of uh, at the University of Texas when they were playing Alabama in the national championship game. They had an opportunity to win that game if he doesn't get knocked out of that. He's at 29. C.J. Stroud, rookie. Desmond Ritter, first-year starter in Atlanta at 31, and Anthony Richardson, rookie at number 32 with the Indianapolis Colts. So that's what I got for you for seven number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Just a little uh, pro football-focused conversation and rankings of where they have notable quarterbacks, the AFC West quarterbacks, and, of course, the Raiders quarterback, Jimmy G. What are your thoughts on that? 707-654-4693. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts as we close out the show. It's the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and text. You have that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Jordan in Oregon. He's calling to talk about Mark Davis being against Thursday Night Football, the hiring of the staff, and really everything has happened since MD since he's taken over as the owner of the Silver and Black. Here he is, Jordan in Oregon. Hey, what's going on, Q? Jordan in Oregon. Wanted to tell you uh, thanks for the news. on Mark Davis chiming in on the Thursday Night Flex situation. Um, once again, Mark come, coming to voice himself in situation unfair to the fans, just like he did in 2020 when he wouldn't allow any fans in, if, if not all fans to come in. I, I'm going to pound the table again for this guy, man. Um, I know a lot of Raider Nation, I see it. They hate the guy. Let's be real. It's pretty divided um, just because we haven't been winning. That's just like what happens, but... I'm going to just do a quick flashback from when Al passed away till now. I mean, what Mark's been able to do um, with even just bringing in this particular regime, um, as well as getting the Raiders uh, the situation they have with the new stadium in Vegas. And uh, in this regime, the reason I say that is, is it took a lot of trust to be in it for the long haul, just like this whole new stadium and moving to Vegas. It's always been about like a clear path of doing the right thing. And I've always agreed with this decision so far, uh, even if they're not popular and even if it's taken us a while to get out of the, let's be real, man, Raider Nation, we were in a bad place uh, when Mark first inherited the Raiders. We were in a bad place. Uh, no picks, uh, essentially no coach that really even wanted the job, played in essentially a, a place that had broken down toilets that were leaking on everybody. It, everything about the Raiders wasn't an attractive job. And so you got to think back. I know, I believe it was 2009 when all that went down and where we're at now. 
And uh, props to Mark Davis, man, getting them out of Oakland, getting them a new stadium, getting them a coach that has a reputation for winning. Um, you know, this regime, if you go back to 2000, I think I was wrong on 09, I meant to say 11. But if you go back to 11, I don't think Josh McDaniels, with the pedigree he has when he took the job, like let's say it all aligned with the team they had in 2011, he's not taking the job with Ziegler. Um, he's just not. The Raiders were in a, in a bad spot. And so props to Mark Davis again, you know, might not be the most popular thing, but he always seems to push for the right thing. And, uh, I'll be real, man. I'm, I'm pretty stoked. He's our, uh, the Raiders owner. And I, I look forward to where, you know, trusting this guy. And if he sees something right now with this regime that, that, that he trusts and, and, you know, we ought to do the same thing because so far, He's been doing a pretty damn good job. All right, peace, man. Thank you for my call. Thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, there's a lot to like about what Mark Davis has done. And the one thing that I really like and admire is he knows who he is and he knows who he isn't. And the fact that he, from day one, the minute he hired Reggie McKenzie, he said, I'm not a football guy. I'm going to hire the guys that are football guys to get this organization where it needs to be. Reggie McKenzie did some decent things, right? He cleaned up the salary cap, brought in some good players. Uh, Obviously, it didn't work out. They hired Dennis Allen. That didn't work out. Obviously, the moves that, that Mark Davis has made hasn't panned out to wins, hasn't panned out to division titles, hasn't panned out to another Lombardi yet, you know, any of that. But... I do respect the fact that he knows who he is and he knows who he isn't. And he's tried to hire the right guys that he felt were the right guys to make the organization go where it needs to go. He's done a lot of great things on the business side. I think that that's going to continue to grow. Obviously, he's got so many opportunities here in Las Vegas. Now he's got to figure things out on the winning side as far as football goes, on the, you know, the, the, the field. He's got to find a way to get that done. So the guys that he puts in place, have, they have a tall task in front of them. This staff has a tall task in front of them, and they have to prove why he's being patient, why he's saying guys do it the right way, why he has faith in them. That's on them. That's on Dave Ziegler. That's on Champ Kelly. That's on Josh McDaniels. That's on Patrick Graham. That core guy, those core guys have to prove that Mark Davis was right. But as far as what he's been able to do with the organization and know his role and not try to do too much and not try to be Al Davis, but instead be comfortable being Mark Davis, I got to respect that in a major way. Thanks for that call, my man. I do appreciate you. Up next, we got a text from Southern Indiana Raiders. It says, hey, Q, Southern Indiana Raider here. Just a couple things. The kickoff rule, I hate it. Lots of guys prove themselves and stick around on a team playing special teams. Not fair to these guys. Diminishes one phase of the game. I also want to touch on one more thing. I heard a caller a few days ago questioning the sign of Adams. I couldn't disagree more. The last I heard, you try to win games. This requires great players, not draft picks, and not cap space. It kills me to hear and read about fans being so concerned about the cap space. The Raiders got Adams pretty cheap. I'm still happy he's here. Anyway, keep up the solid work. That's Southern Indiana Raider. And we'll start with Devontae Adams. I agree with you 100%. I think that was a great move, right? I think that giving up a first and a second round pick for uh, a, an alpha dog wide receiver, giving the team an opportunity to win, it didn't work, obviously. But thinking that him and Derek Carr were going to be able to rekindle things and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro and Josh Jacobs was going to be such a dynamic you know, team and offense, and Josh McDaniels was going to hit the right buttons. Waller wasn't available for most of the season. Renfro wasn't available for most of the season. And it looked like Carr just never got on the same page with Josh McDaniels. And with all that being said, Devontae Adams still put up 1,500 yards, still had 100 catches, still had 14 touchdowns, and still was the best player on the field more times than not. (laughs) Right? And then Josh Jacobs still led the league in rushing. And that was with an offense that was never solid. Offensive line that I don't think they were the same offensive line until like week eight or nine. So 
there was a lot to be desired with the Raiders team last year, and they still were able to put out a couple uh, really good players in Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. They were able to have big seasons. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that Devontae Adams was a home run. And please believe I brought up Josh Jacobs because Josh Jacobs has, you know, less guys in the box because of number 17. He has a better opportunity to run with a cleaner box because 17 is on the field too. And they can't just load up the box and say, we're going to stop the run because none of your wide receivers scare me. Well, that number 17 scares opposing defenses. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. As far as, uh, as, far as the kickoff rule, I'm with you. I hate it too. I get it, the safety side of things. Like, I'm never going to question, you know, guys and their concussions and all that. You, you don't want that to happen. But, man, it just feels like they're taking an element away from the game. They're taking that special teams unit away from the game to the point where who knows how many real special teams players you're going to have on your team anymore. At some point, they might start to phase that away completely where you just take the ball and put it on 25 and there are no more kickoffs. Then all of a sudden, there's some guys that lose their jobs. So there's a lot of trickle-down effect that could come and start coming because of this kickoff rule. But uh, this could be just like step one. So thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a call from Wine Country Raider. He's calling to talk about Wednesday's podcast and a guy that needs to be better in 2023. He's talking about head coach Joshua Daniels. Here he is, Wine Country Raider. What's up, Q? It's your boy, Wine Country Raider, just calling in about uh, the podcast. You're crushing it. Um. No, I want to talk about, you said, you know, Josh McDaniels needs to be better, and I agree. I think the fan base needs to give him a little bit of slack. You know, you can't just come into the league, you know, and just have a success right away. I mean, I know there's been some coaches that have had that, but we haven't, the Raiders have not had that. We've been through a little of coaches. We need to give him some time, let him get his guys like he's doing, let him try to, you know, build the culture around what he thinks it needs to be. Let the players buy into that and give him a, a solid shot. You know, I say, I think, you know, three to four years, you know, if he shows prog- progress in that, I think, and then that, you know, then we're stepping in the right direction. Now, if he doesn't, if he doesn't show any progress and we're just, you know, just, you know, just losing games, not, you know, not looking like we're, you know, progressing in at all, then, yeah, I say we move on from him. But I think we really need to slow down, let Josh McDaniels do what he does, and see if we can make some progress, you know. Obviously, we, you know, we haven't been good for a number of years, and it's really hard to watch. But, you know, if you really want to be a successful, you know, team, you want to have a dynasty, you got to, you know, we got to go. We got to, you know, we got to let him do what he does and, and put our faith into a coach who has some time to to build and, and, and create a culture, create, you know, a solid team that's going to last, you know. Not all this, oh, I just want to, you know, win right now, win this one year, like pull a Rams, you know, win a Super Bowl, cool. Yeah, of course I would love that, but win the Super Bowl and now, now what? Now you just, you're terrible. You're going to be terrible. They're going to be terrible for a while, you know? I don't want that. I want to, you know, go out there, push for the playoffs, you know? You know, and let's say we just, we make it to the playoffs. We, we, we lose first week, the first, you know, first round playoffs, you know, but next year we go and we, we make a run, you know, we go to the AFC championship game, you know, and then what happens, you know, I'm down for that kind of, that kind of progress. Um, that's all I got to say. Um, keep doing what you do, Q. Let's go Raider Nation. Let's, let's, let's step in the right direction. 
Wine Country Raider out. Thank you so much for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. And yeah, I think that Josh McDaniels, I think this whole staff needs to be given the opportunity to to show that they they uh, you know can succeed and they could take this organization where it needs to go. But you know, in twenty twenty three. You need to see improvement, right? It can't be just one of those, well, he's still trying to figure it out. No, you got to show improvement, right? You have to be able to see the buy-in from the players. You have to see that they understand what they're supposed to be doing. You can't have where Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro are running into each other or Devontae Adams and the tight end are in the same corner of the end zone. One's out of bounds and one's, you know, right there and all in the same area. Like the spacing's not right. They have to show that understanding of what the playbook's supposed to look like and what they're supposed to be doing out there on the field. The execution's got to be right, right? Those, those close games that they lost in 2022, they got to show that they can win those games. He's got to show that he's, he can be able to coach Coach up wins in those type of situations. Motivate his players. Like He's got a lot of work to do. He's got to prove that he could be more than just a, a really good offensive coordinator, but a really good head coach. But I agree, given time, he, you know, you just can't go and, and fire a guy, fire a guy, and fire a guy, fire and hire, fire and hire. Like You can't keep doing that year after year after year. You're never going to get anywhere. You might catch lightning in a bottle one year where all of a sudden a guy is really good, but the chances of that aren't great. And then you're not going to really have a good opportunity to hire a really good coach because they're going to feel like, well, if I don't succeed in year one, I'm going to get fired anyway. So you really got to be careful with the whole hiring and firing, which I know a lot of people want to do after year one. Hell, I think there's a lot of people that wanted to do it before year one was over, but uh, that's not the case. Mark Davis has shown uh, confidence in these guys. Now they got to go and reward him for that confidence. Uh, we'll close out with a text from Scott. He said, the fair catch and playing field moved to the 25. What is happening to football? It'll be seven-on-seven seven flag football in 15 years after they eliminate all the unnecessary positions. Running back is already devalued. They'll probably do away with all kickoffs soon and start every drive at the 25. Will it ever go that far? Probably not, but it feels like it's trending that way. And then he said the concussion stuff is valid, but I think that's just a smoke screen they're using to sell it to give the offense an additional advantage to increase scoring, which was down overall last year. That's a text from Scott, and there's a lot to, uh, to, to unpack in that text. And a lot of it is, is spot on. And I mentioned it earlier. I could see the kickoff being eliminated altogether. I could see them at some point saying, all right, you're just going to take the ball to 25. And that'll suck. And that'll cost some people their jobs. It really will. And it's eliminating one of the most exciting plays in football, even though I know you don't see it that often anymore. But that kickoff return is fantastic. Right. I mean, that that I mean, that look, look at guys like Devin Hester. Right. I mean, I, I know that it's been a long time since the Raiders uh, have had a kickoff return. But remember when Jacoby Ford did it, how exciting that was. I mean, that is such a fun, exciting play. And we've seen the ones that are really good at it, what they can do and how they could change the game. I mean, look, the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Look at their big kick return that they had that really got them going, that really got their juices flowing. Right. That's a that's a momentum changer, that kind of a play. So, uh, you know, I, I hate it for the, the kickers because it's an art to not kick it into the end zone and have it drop around the two, something that Daniel Carlson has learned how to do really well. And then I hate it for the kick returners because that's a skill set that they have. It's very hard to do. It's not easy. You know, it's, it's a tough ask. But if you're good at it, then you can make a living. You could be in the league for a long time. How, what do we say about some guys? Special team aces. Well, if they keep trending in the direction that they're going, you may not need special team aces anymore. And that I don't like. I really don't. So we'll see what happens. But Dean Blandino, you know, he's uh, he's part of the, the the Fox crew that does all the officiating and kind of gives you the rulings on during the game day. He used to be part of actual the NFL officiating. Like he used to be the president of of all the officiating. They used to go to him in New York and this, that and the other. Well, he thinks that that the kickoff is going to get eliminated sooner rather than later. And this is the first step to it. So I hope that that doesn't happen because, like I said, that's definitely going to cost some folks 
their job. So thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you coming up on tomorrow's show. Uh, we'll have more calls and texts. Raider Matt in the OC will get his call in. Got a text from David in the 209. We'll get his text in. We'll get more news and notes. Some nuggets coming out of uh, OTAs today. We talked to head coach Josh McDaniels at 9. The players between 1 and 2. And we'll check out practice 10 a.m. to 12.15. It's all Pacific Standard Time. And of course, we'll bring that to you here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast as we close out the week really, really strong. So until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Don't be mad at Ari. He's not really making me cut off the show early. I'm just giving him a bad time. But just as always, Raider Nation, most importantly, just win, baby.